craziness in the midst of preparing for a funeral, in the midst of the grieving of my husband losing his sister, in the midst of God starts speaking to me about something encouraging. And you know, isn't it interesting that when you're in a place that's so critical and sometimes you feel like you're in a valley, but God speaks to you about something for a mountain, you're going to have to come with me today. And sometimes you would feel like, is this really like God trying to say something in the midst of famine? He said you will prosper when eggs are outrageous. When things are going higher. But he said you will be blessed going in and you'll be blessed going out. See, you're either going to believe it or you're not going to believe it. And in the midst of craziness, there's a blessing in the midst of that. So I called my son and I said, I need to take Sunday. Something's in my spirit that God's trying to say in this hour. And I want you to go back to Romans. If you have your Bibles, if you have your phones, isn't that funny? Back in the 90s, you just say, if you have your Bibles. I want to tell the rest of that story while you're getting that, while you're going to that verse. Just go to chapter, go to Romans chapter 8. When Brandon was talking about me giving all that money I had, that was in the 90s, that's just funny anyway. And I gave even all my pennies, I opened up my wallet and I gave all my pennies, I gave everything, every penny I had, everything I had. And I, I don't know if he remembers this part, but when I did put my hand in there and somebody else poked on my shoulder and said, God told me to give you this. And it was double for my trouble. We left that day to go to a restaurant. And I said, my goodness, I got extra money. I don't know what's going on, but we're going to go eat a steak. Take my son. We're walking. And I said, I, you know what? I just feel like you can get whatever you want. Well, don't ask Brandon that. And when I did, another man comes up to me and he goes, ma'am, I don't know who you are, but I need to buy you guys a steak today. Every step I took from the time I was in that conference from obedience to the time I got home, people paid for my gas, people paid for my food, people gave me money. You know why? Because when you're obedient, something happens. Something happens. And it didn't matter if it's obedience to, to grab somebody and love on somebody or it's obedience to, to give to something. It doesn't matter to open a door for somebody. There's something about just... Everybody is so in a hurry that nobody can stop to open up a door for somebody else. Come on. And I think there's an obedience that God is just stirring up inside of our hearts. Amen? I'm going to read this to you. Romans 5. No. Romans 8, verse 5. And it goes all the way to verse 8. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set your mind on the things of the flesh is death. But to set your mind on the things of the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. It cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I don't know about you, but I don't want to not please God. Have you ever been to the place that you know that you know you didn't please God? And you know that you just did something and you know that it didn't please God. And sometimes you think, I'm not hostile to God. But the word says that if your mind is of the flesh, it's hostile to God. And you know what? I don't want that anymore. I want my mind to be by the Spirit of God, to renew my mind, to read His Word. No wonder Paul, Paul was going through all kinds of stuff, man. 
And he was a radical dude. But he said every day, I have to renew my mind. Because all these other opposite things would try to counterdict him of what God was trying to say. Is the world trying to counterdict you what God is trying to say? Come on, somebody. Jen had, Jen had wrote this. I re-listened to the sermon. Sometimes you, sometimes you need to re-listen to the sermon. I wrote 10 pages of notes last week. Oh, anybody got paper? I wrote 10 pages of notes last week, and I still went back and listened to the sermon because I didn't want to miss anything that God was trying to say in this church. See, sometimes we just go, oh, man, that was good. No, sometimes you got to dig. What's God trying to say? If he's trying to say it to this church, we are the church. So we have to move and breathe and have our being with what God's trying to say in this hour. So I redug. I listened to it again. I went back to my notes because God's trying to say something. Guess what the world's trying to do? The world's trying to say something. Which one are you listening to? So Pastor Jen had said this, and I'm going to re-say this. When we create a life of intimacy with the world's way, it will be death and destruction that cannot please God. When we create a life of intimacy with God, we will reproduce life, peace, blessings, favor. Come on, somebody. If you're not reproducing life, peace, blessings, favor, come on, search yourself, then guess what? Then your mind is not by the Spirit of God. I'm going to cut it right in the half. God told me that he was going to separate today. I don't know what all that means to your mind. I don't know what that means to your heart. I don't know what that means to your emotion. I don't know what that means, but he said it. So what are you reproducing? Are you producing death and destruction? Are you producing faith and peace? Oh, my God. Isn't it something that you'd be at peace and all of a sudden you step somewhere and all of a sudden you know, you know that you know you come out of peace. I mean, come on. It doesn't matter if you said something or you walked into somewhere and you go, man, ooh, that don't feel right. No, that didn't please God. And you got to step back to where he wants you to be. Is what you're birthing dead or alive? What are you birthing? Isn't it funny? I thought about men. Some of you have never been in the labor room. Oh, wait, Sam. Hello. Welcome to the real world. Our youth pastor. They just, they've got a little one coming. Not sure. It's a boy or a girl, but that's all right. God knows. Congratulations, Grandma and Grandpa. I don't know what you're going to be called, but look at them. See, they're clapping. Him. But what are you birthing? Are you birthing life and peace and faith? Or are you birthing destruction with no peace? Some of you already know. You already know what you're birthing. I'm going to go back to 2 Samuel chapter 12. I'm going to just go right into this little quick story real quick. And some of you, if you've not heard the sermon, you need to go back and listen because God's doing a new thing. And he's transforming our minds. And isn't it interesting that, you know, sometimes you think, oh my, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm doing good, you know. I've been reading the Word. I'm doing good. And all of a sudden, I love you, Pastor Brandon. But all of a sudden, God wakes him up in the middle of the night and, and he gives him this series, gives it to Pastor Jen, a new thing, a new thing in the mind. The next thing I know, my brain starts hurting because I start searching myself to say, God, whatever you need to do in a new thing in me, you need to do a new thing in me. I don't want to be in the old. See, sometimes you can just rock yourself to sleep. I'm used to being up in the morning, I'll get my coffee, I'll go to work, and I'll come back home, and I'll get my coffee, and I'll come back. You're going to rock your mind to sleep. King 
King David committed adultery with a woman named Bathsheba, and she became pregnant. Upon learning Bathsheba's condition, David tried to cover up his sin. Y'all, listen. If you're in the flesh, you're going to try to cover up your sin. You'll cover up to cover up to cover up. You know anybody in your family that's trying to cover up to cover up to cover up, and you know they're lying. You know they're acting like the devil, and they cover up in their alcohol. They cover up in their addiction. They don't have no real true peace. They're not birthing life, but they'll cover up to cover up. And David covered up his sin and eventually arranged Bathsheba's husband to be killed in battle. Can you imagine? Now he's killing somebody. Maybe sometimes you've covered up so much that you killed somebody's emotion because of the way you were. Oh, see. You might have been acting like a fool and all of a sudden you hurt somebody and you killed them in an emotional area and hurt them. In, come on, somebody. And I know some of you. So he covered up the sin to bring death. Now she's, he's committed adultery. See, and I thought about this. Here's King David can have anything he wants. She's bathing outside and he looks at her. Then he looks at her again. Then he bids her over to him. Well, he's a king, so she's going to have to submit to him. Who's the king in your life? Is the world the king in your life? What are you birthing? Are you birthing life? Are you birthing death? So here she is pregnant. And I thought about this. I can't imagine what she was going through. She lost her husband. Now she's been bent over to commit adultery. Now she's pregnant. She found out that her husband died. That's her husband. Now you're going to tick me off. Oh, no, but you, but I love pop. And if somebody tried to cover up a sin to kill my husband, they're going to have to mess with me. So I thought about her emotions and what she felt and how she felt. And then the next thing you know, the baby gets sick and the baby dies. Now there's death in one part. And then all of a sudden, there's a death in another part. You know what? You know what's interesting? Is in the middle of this week of death, God brought life. God brought life. Hands come up. People thinking about, am I really going to surrender to God? This was yesterday. But everybody has to choose what they're birthing. Not only did she lose her husband, but she lost her child. David understood that the child had died due to his sin. Some things die because it's due to your sin. I know that I know some things die due to my sin, Daniel. I know relationships died. Because there was a cover-up. Guess what? God brings his light and he'll search through each and every one of our hearts that he'll uncover what's trying to be covered. Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than what you want to pay. Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than what you want to pay. It'll take you there. And isn't it interesting that every one of us in here and these people online right here, you've been, you've, you've been there. It's cost you more than you wanted to pay, man. And it makes you cover up to cover up to cover up. And there she is, birthing death. But after David truly repented and he got up and he washed himself. Come on, somebody. He anointed himself. He changed his clothes. He went to the house of the Lord and worshiped. Then he went to his house and ate. Why, he would make me mad. 
I've been the whole time I've been thinking about Bathsheba. You mean to tell me, yeah, I know you got up. And yeah, I know you washed your clothes. And yeah, I know you anointed yourself. And yeah, I know that you went to the house. I thank God you went to the house to go worship. But I was the last one on your list. She lost her husband. She lost her child. And I think she started realizing that, okay, wait a minute. Now I'm, I'm going to be selfish here. So now I need to say thank you, God, that he went and washed. Thank you, God, that he went to the house of the Lord. Some of you might not be married, but some of you married, you better be thankful that your husband ran to the house of God. Second Samuel 12, 24 through 25. It's interesting that It's powerful. Then David, listen to this. Then David comforted his wife, Bathsheba, and he went into her and he laid with her and she bore a son and he called his name and he called. David called his name Solomon and the Lord loved him. And he sent a message by Nathan the prophet. So he called him Jedidiah because of the Lord. Solomon means shalom or peace. But the Lord gave to Solomon at his birth as a token of favor. He named him Jedidiah, which means my beloved, the friend of God, loved by God. It means the hand of God. Jedidiah, God sent a prophet. Not only did David name him, this is a birth, but God sent a prophet to name him. Has God sent a prophet to name you? I'm going to let that sit for a minute. Your mom named you, but what's your name that God's trying to do in you of new birth? Hmm. Bathsheba birthed favor. Listen. She birthed peace. She birthed love. She birthed the friend of God. She birthed the hand of God. If she was birthing Solomon, she was birthing the favor of God. She was birthing the hand of God. It's called the in-between. She went from death to life. Giving birth and facing death both have the potential to awaken our spirits. Giving death and bringing life brings the potential to awaken us spiritually from death to life. It awakened her. It woke her up. If something woke you up, has something that got so critical woke you up, Did that wake up Pop when he found out and we run at 4 o'clock in the morning to his sister's house and she's on her last breath? Is that an awakening for a family that's sitting there? That's an awakening. There's a potential between life and death that can awaken your spirit. Guess what? It wasn't about us. Then it became about the people around us. We didn't become selfish in that area. How do you live between grief and gratitude? How do you live between hope and despair? How do you live between life and death? How do you live between bitter and sweet? Come on, somebody. Some of you have been in bitter and sweet. You're sitting right on the edge of the sweet, but you know something's bitter. But it can always be better. Whatever you do, don't be bitter. Be better. And isn't it something that somebody will irritate you to make you want to be bitter? And they'll just get up underneath your skin. And you have to say, you know what? I want to be better. I don't want to be bitter. How do we go from the now and not yet? How do you go from right now where you are to not yet. Pastor Brandon, 
He's saying, I don't know, God. He's exercising, saying, you know, I don't, whatever you want to do, God. I don't care. Whatever you want to do, God. Papa will always say, it's the little things in life. Whatever you have right here is what you can give. And when Brandon released whatever you want, God, 15 minutes, his phone rang. 35 pallets of can He calls me and he said, Mom, I just got a phone call. I said, what's going on? He said, 35 pallets. I said, you're killing me, son. I said, you know what? Because I know what that means. We got to pull up our bootstraps. And we got to do what we need to do. And we're going to be the, come on, somebody, that should be a shout right there. Then we're going to be the light to other people. From the now to not yet, even though you hear it, you don't know what yet is. So right now, we're standing there, and he's saying 15 minutes earlier, you know what? Whatever you want, God. And all of a sudden, a yet comes in. A key unlocks a yet. Okay, well, God said, okay. Well, let me make a phone call. So God makes a phone call. Come on, somebody. And puts it on somebody else's heart. I didn't know that man that tapped me and gave me all that money. I still don't know who that man was. I don't know who it was that when we went to the steakhouse, and he said, no, I need to buy all your steaks. Because I went at a now, and I put everything I had in it, and then it brought me to a not yet. Oh, come on, somebody. What are you birthing? Are you birthing life? Are you birthing death? Are you birthing darkness? Are you birthing light? Come on. Some of you do your best work in the struggle between then and there. We're at the then and there. It's the in-between. So we're standing here knowing there's a new thing. Hey, God. Knowing there's a new thing coming. So we're at the then and there. We got our foot. And some of you still got your feet like this. You still got your feet on the ground. Get your foot up. If you can believe by faith that you're going to go there. If you're going to go then. If you're going to go to the not yet. Some of you have been divorced and been through some things and it's been bitter and it's been not funny. And all of a sudden, you're still standing in your hurt and you don't want to get nobody around you anymore. Just put your foot up and say, you know what, I'm going to go there with you, God. I, I, I want to go there with you, God. Because see, sometimes that new thing, it's all in the mind. It's all in the making up your mind if you want to really go there or not. And guess what? Ain't nobody can force you to go there. Ain't nobody going to be able to talk. And I'm saying ain't. That's really cool. She'd correct me back there. But you have to make up your mind if you want to go to that place. And you know what's interesting? I thought about grief to gratitude. Watch this. The in-between. And here we are standing in a place of grief at a funeral, and we could give gratitude. And we reached out, and we loved, and we gave gratitude in the midst of that. Because it wasn't about us anymore. It's about reaching out, loving all, loving people, serving God, serving people, reaching out to say, okay, I know I'm in the in-between I'm in the in-between in my mind. And I've been stirred up saying, what's new, God? What are you doing? What's the next steps? He goes, will you slow down? Okay, see, I'm like a horse in a stall. I'm ready to get up, go, let's go, let's put our straps on. And the Lord said, but I want to do it all together. I want to place this on the people's hearts and on their minds together. So we can move as a unit. Perhaps the hope in us is that our suffering opens up just like David and makes us vulnerable enough to allow God to bring a new thing. If you can get vulnerable enough to allow God to do a new thing. See, a lot of times we don't get vulnerable because we've been hurt. So we don't really want to talk about it. David covered up stuff. So he had to talk about 
all the things that happen to bring vulnerability to him so the new thing could come. It's a transformation. It's a rebirth from death to life. Some of you have been stuck doing the same thing over and over and over and over in your mind. You know, I read when I get up in the morning, and I read before I go to bed. Poor Pop. My light goes click beside my bed. He said, it is midnight. Are you sure you want to read tonight? Uh, absolutely, I'm sure I'm going to read tonight. I said, and I'm going to read it out loud while you go fall asleep. Because let me tell you something, this right here will renew your mind. And let me tell you something, it'll confront you. You know what's funny is we'll read something, we'll go, oh yeah, that's, that's for Betty. Oh, that, oh, that's for Sue. Oh, I know, man. Nope. I know what they've been through and that's for... And then all of a sudden he'll put something in, in the scripture and he goes, will you look in the mirror? Because the word says it's, the, the word is like a mirror to us. Sometimes we don't want to look in the mirror. We don't like what we see. But if, if we allow him to renew our minds, it can do such a new thing in our lives. The birthing process is painful. And listen, what he laid in my heart. Like the flood in the days of Noah, the waters have to break in order for the life to come. And after the flood, the waters had to recede. There are things that have to be learned and many things that have to be unlearned. Can you imagine they're getting in the ark? That become a birthing room. I can't, I can't imagine being with all them animals two by two. And you're in there for 40 days. And that thing, that boat's a rocking. That became a womb. There was nothing else because everything else flooded. Guess what that flood did? It made things become new. Now, come on. And you couldn't see the new till it receded, until the water came down, and the dove came, and the Holy Spirit came. But sometimes, see, you're in your flood, and that thing's tossing and a turning back and forth, and you don't realize that the water wants to recede, so God can do something new that you can see life. It's called the breaking of water. What are you birthing? The water broke in the flood. Come on, somebody. It broke. And the rainbow came. And the promise came. Isn't it funny how the enemy tries to manipulate everything that God says is a promise? So are you in the world believing these things or are you in the spirit believing these things? Because to believe is to know have a mindset of it. Oh, no, I believe. And you don't have a mindset for it. You just follow the crowd and say, oh, no, I believe. No, you better believe that you know that you know that you know because the hour has come and that the manipulation of the world is going to try to device you to believe what it's saying. It doesn't matter if it's in the media. It doesn't matter if it's... It's all setting a course. You think that we're not in the end times of things that God is getting ready to do? Oh, my Lord. Open your eyes and see what's happening. It's all aligning to what God's saying and what he wants. But are you pregnant with what God wants? Or are you still lullabying over here, not awakened? Because guess what? You think it's too much effort. Guess what? It is effort. It is effort to serve the Lord. It is effort to come and do the things. You, some of you don't even know behind the scenes within this house. It's worth every bit of it. It's worth getting up in the morning. It's worth getting, staying here late. It's worth every bit of it to see somebody change. To see what God's doing in the youth. To see what he's doing in them children. It's worth every bit of it. That's life back there. Churches have died. They're lullabied to sleep. And we, we have watched that happen. When you said it, it stirred my spirit. 
When you said, if we have to give away this stuff to let them open up their doors to do something else, then give it away. We don't have to be in no routine to do something over and over and over. Come on, somebody. We have done it too long. Over and over and over. And I remember the time that I came in that my son wrecks my world. He makes me so mad sometimes. But doggone it, most of the time he's got the truth. I said, Mo, sorry. He'll come to me and say, you know what you used to do? God don't want to do it that way no more. Me and him got into it in that foyer one day. We didn't hit each other. I threw something at him. I'm just telling the truth. He made me so mad. And doggone it, I walked out of that church and I knew that I knew that I knew he told the truth. Made me so mad. Because guess what it does? It wrecks your world. Some of you walk away, you're mad, you don't want to come back. Come on, I'm just saying. I'm not talking about just him. Some of you get mad and you don't want to know the truth because, see, the truth has set you free. It'll change your mindset. And the next thing I know, I go home. I love you, Brandon. I go home and God's dealing with me, dealing with me, dealing with me. And see, I had an old mindset. I went to church when I was a little girl. I'm just saying, I, love, I thank God for my mom and dad. I went to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We had missionettes. I did the study. I'd done all that. But I got in a routine to do something religious. Come on, somebody. Don't think that God's not dropped all the stuff that I used to learn. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. I learned all that when I was in fourth grade. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. You know all the books of the Bible? Just saying. And all of a sudden, God started stirring up my spirit what, with what was the spirit and what was the flesh. Because, see, flesh could be religious. And the next thing I know, he starts dealing with me about what he wanted to do and how he wanted to do things. I used to travel. I went to different countries, different nations. And all of a sudden, the Lord said, get in here and sit down. Yeah, but I love Africa. I do love Africa. But that's not where you are right now, daughter. I want you here. I want you to pray for this city. I want you to pray. And let me tell you something. That stretched my flesh. I've been in here for 11 years. I ain't going nowhere. No. If God wants to launch me out to something, that's his business. But right now, I'm right here to launch with you. And he started changing my mind. And he started changing because all I had was a mindset of, well, I could just go to that country. And that's where I need to go. I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything about going to a country because it's awesome. If God sends you, praise the Lord. But send you out from the house. It's got to come from the house. See, this is, this, is the, this is the cornerstone that God's doing. And it has to come through here and out. Oh, oh, because of who you are. No, it's because of what the Word says. The shepherd should know if you're mature enough to do what you need to do. The shepherd should bring the blessing. You should be blessed by the congregation to go out to do. Come on, somebody. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going somewhere. From the now to the then, you know, like, where, where are you headed? Some of you have just been thinking in your mind while I've been talking. Hmm, man, I need a new husband. Hush your mouth, you need the beloved of God. I need a new marriage. Well, won't you let God deal with you by yourself? I'd always say, man, Papa's so stubborn. <sighs> Jesus, help me. He said, you're stubborn. And God started dealing with me because sometimes you look out so much to see everybody else and their faults. You don't even see your own. 
David had to see his own. God's doing a new thing. And he's doing a new thing in our minds. He's doing a new thing in our lives. Hmm. You can't go back to where you were because it's dead. But Sheba couldn't go back to where she was because it was dead. Oh, come on, somebody. You've been messing with dead things. And when you mess with dead things, it starts stinking. You ever seen vultures and you're down the highway and sometimes, I'm just saying, sometimes they look so big and you don't know they're vultures yet because they're just right up on the highway and you go, man, that looks like an eagle. I mean, look how big that thing is. And next thing you know, it's just gobbling death. Don't be deceived in this hour who you're standing. Are you standing, are you standing with eagles? Or are you standing with death that's eating vultures, vultures eating flesh? Because the world will eat your flesh. You've been gobbled on. Have you been nipped on from the world? And you go back to it. You keep going back to it. There's beauty in change. There is beauty in change. It hurts, but there is beauty in change. Are you birthing something extraordinary? Are you birthing peace in your new? Because see, sometimes you come into a new, but you don't have no peace. So you better check yourself. I'm trying to be in the new. Quit trying to be there. If you'll release yourself, you can become there. Because see, when you try, you got to give up the try. You got to give up the try in trying to find a husband and you're trying to find the finances and you're trying to if you give it shall be given unto you pressed down shaken together and running over shall they give to your bosom that's what it says but you've been trying to do all these other things when the principles are right there in the word fast forward Solomon is now 20 years old she birthed a Jedediah she birthed the beloved. She birthed the hand of God. Do you have the hand of God on you this hour? That you know sometimes you feel that on your head and all of a sudden you go, you, you'll say in your flesh, man, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to go take care of this. And all of a sudden you feel that tug of the Holy Spirit saying, ah, 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 come back over here. That's called the hand of God. He's tapping you. He's a gentleman. He's tugging on you. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about because you don't spend that time of intimacy that you don't know the hand of God. She birthed the hand of God. Solomon, 20 years old. That's why I ask you, Samo, how old you were. You're going to be 23? You're old. What in the world am I? Anyway, that's right. 20 years old, and his father, King David, has passed. Here's another death. Here we go. So in the midst of the death, in the grieving of his father's death, Solomon becomes king. Uh, so here this is in his mind. Here she birthed a peace. She birthed a shalom. She birthed a Jedediah of favor and blessings. She birthed the hand of God. Then, as a mother for 20 years, watched him start being raised up with what God wanted. Let me tell you, all hell was breaking loose in them hours. Most of them were disobedient. Disobedient. If you'll read on, read it. Read what happens in that story. The son trying to fight for the king's position and People fighting and carrying on because they wanted this. You ever seen anybody when somebody passes away and they're all fighting for the money? Trying to fight for a position because of their flesh desires. It's eating it up like a vulture. Come on, somebody. Are you an eagle? Because eagles don't eat flesh. Vultures eat flesh. Isn't it funny how you'll desire something and you know it's not God, but then all of a sudden it opens up another door to desire something. 
like somebody that opens up a bottle and they drink a little bit and the next thing you know they're eating of that and eating of that and eating of that and now they can't get out because now they've got caught up in the fleshly desire and they become a vulture eating on that flesh eating of the world Bringing forth anything of value hurts. Anything of value hurts, man. Bringing forth anything new hurts. Oh, I think I'm going to go into the new, like they said. Ta -da -da. Oh. Uh, how about no? Anything with value hurts. Anything for a cost. Anything for a marriage. Anything for a ministry that God's doing. Anything that he wants to do. It hurts, man. It's not easy. So I'm not going to sit here and go patty cake and say, oh, we'll come into the new. No, you have to surrender. You have to allow God to take your mind and surrender what he wants. If it's worth doing, then it must be worth learning to do it well. If it's, if it's worth it, then it must be worth doing it well. You know what? We're a church that wants to do things well. I want to learn whatever I need to learn. I have not arrived. Don't, don't tell Pop that because he'll agree. We're even still 41 years. It's going to be 42 years of marriage, and we're still learning each other. I seen a man of God that took a stand and got up there and spoke about his sister that I had not seen. I didn't know. I knew there's things in pop. There's a whole bunch in there that hasn't even came out yet. And sometimes as a wife, you got to get out of the way so the husband can write. And sometimes as a husband, you need to get out of the way so your wife can rise because you are not in control either. Hello, anybody. When we, do it, when we do it, we must do it well. Must learn to do it well. It's not easy to go to that place. In the beginning of Solomon's reign, he displayed a worldly wisdom. This is in the beginning. Right when Solomon became king, he displayed worldly wisdom. In his treating to those who were threatening him. Isn't it funny? If somebody threatens you, or you think you're, you're, you're better than me, or you think, you know, who do you think you are up here singing? <laughs> but somebody that's got, that can sing gets threatened by that. God puts you up there. Do you see what I'm saying? So here's Solomon, he's threatened by his position. And instead of using the wisdom of God, he used the wisdom of himself. 1 Kings 2, 6, he acted according to his own wisdom. He still lacked the true wisdom in the discernment of, of, of the mind. So in the face of such responsibilities, in the sensing of his needs, guess what he did? I love this. So here he is acting in his own wisdom, and then the next thing you know, he inquires the divine assistance of God. 1 Kings 3, go to verse 5. I love this. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. My Lord, I'm going to shout right here. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I shall give you. I believe that God's going to interrupt our dreams. Now, I believe, you know what's funny? Is it was in the middle of the night. You know, he could be taking a nap, man. He could, you know, interrupt you. But God interrupted his dream. I believe that God's interrupting our dreams because guess what? It's not about my dream. It's about God's dream. So in the beginning, Solomon had his wisdom 
to say what he wanted to say and he was nervous about somebody threatening him and all of a sudden he goes to sleep and God interrupts him. Have you been interrupted lately? Have you been interrupted in your dream? Verse 7. And now, oh my Lord God, you made your servant king in place of David, my father. Although I, I am but a little child. Can you imagine? He's 20 years old. How many 20s I got in here? Put your hand up. 20s. Yep, yep. One, two, three, four. 20s. Look at this. Look at this. In their 20s. There's like 10 in this house. Listen to what he said. Hmm. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out and go in. <laughs> the then and the there. The in between, I don't know how to go out and I don't know how to go in. But guess what he did? And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen. We're in the midst of the people that God chose. A great people. Too many to number and count for multitude. Give your servant therefore understanding mind to govern your people. That I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this your great people? That I may discern between good and evil. The in between then and there. Can you imagine he's standing there 20 years old. Now he knows that God interrupted him. Now you know you better know that God interrupted you. He interrupted him in a dream. I don't care if you're 50, if you're 60 years old. I want to be interrupted. But he interrupted in the 20s. There's something in that. He's on the throne 20 years old, ruling and reigning. And he said, I don't know how to go in and out. What am I going to do, man? All underneath him by himself with God. He's probably not telling all the council and all these other people, but inside of him he goes to intimacy with God and said, I don't know how to go in and out. Some of you might need to just tell God, I don't know how to go in and out. Because guess what? When you're real and you be honest about what's going on, Dreams will give you divine intelligence. He interrupted his dream and it become a divine intelligence. Oh my God. How many of you dream? Honest. How many of you dream? How many of you quit dreaming? No, really. Yeah. Thank you for being honest. honest really. I used to dream all the time. And then all of a sudden I said, God, I'm just going to let Brandon dream. I got in trouble for that. No. You know how sometimes you go, well, I'm getting a little bit older and, you know, I want to retire. And he said, no, you're going to refire. And, huh. Yeah, but man, I mean, we've been giving away all this food. We've been doing all this stuff. Man, I got to pull my straps up again. Man, my back's hurting. And I just keep on pushing. I'm just going to let him do the dream. And I got in trouble for that too. Because I got a dream. He woke me up and interrupted me. And isn't it funny? It doesn't matter how many times he's got to interrupt you. You ever had a, somebody that goes, turns on the light? Well, my dad used to do this all the time. I'd be in a dead sleep and he'd flip on the lights and go, Reveille, Reveille, it's time to get up. He was in the service, he was in the military. Howard, you know. And that's how I woke up every day. I didn't have an alarm. My dad was my alarm. But see, sometimes you need to let God waken you and wake you up. And it's okay that if he shows you something else in another dream. I'm not talking about, oh, lullaby in your dream. I'm talking about him waking you up and giving you the dream of his word. Oh, I had a dream. And I ate pizza the night before. No, that's not what kind of dream I'm talking about. I'm talking about the dream that God has within his word to do and govern. He didn't know how to govern. He didn't know how to go in and out. Solomon said, give your servant an understanding mind 
to govern your people, that I may be discerned between good and evil, the in-between. But what is wisdom? Wisdom is the ability to discern between good and evil. Wisdom is the ability between right and wrong. Y'all know right and wrong. Goodness gracious. If you've been in wrong all the time, you probably wouldn't know what right is. Because you've been so used to, well, I've just been abused all my life, so that's all I know. Why would somebody want to be good to me? And the enemy likes to keep people stuck there. So they wouldn't know right from wrong. They wouldn't know. And let me tell you something. The world's not going to tell you right from wrong. There's bad news out there. People would say there's fake news. Is it? Can you discern what's going really going on? Really, in this hour. It's right from wrong, good from evil. And guess what? Guess what he found out? Solomon found out that really good and evil really exist. Come on, somebody. Right and wrong really exist. There was a time when everyone seemed to acknowledge the reality of right and wrong. The existence of good and evil. There was a time when we most agreed of the reality of right and wrong and good and evil. But we no longer live in such a time as that. Instead, we live in what's called the postmodern period, where the reality of right and wrong is challenged. Come on, somebody. And the existence of good and evil is doubted. In the postmodern world today, there are no objective truths, and there's certainly no moral uh, absolutes. Nothing is considered right or wrong for everyone. Some would say it might be right or wrong for you, but it's not right or wrong for me. This is where we are. This is where we are, church. Click your eyes open. Awaken to this thing. So it's, so it's trying to lullaby that it's okay, that this is okay. That sin's okay. It might not be okay for you, but it's okay for me. No, it's not. Sin is sin. You can't cover it up anymore. You can try to, and the, the world's trying to. The government is trying to. Come on. It's a postmodern world that we have been sitting in, and it started, it actually started in the 60s. And do you know, now that I'm going to tell my age, when I was about six or seven, eight years old, and this is when we started with the black and white TV to the color TV, Deb. I was the channel changer. Hello. I went up and did the rabbit ears. The antenna that was way up and you had to climb up at the thing and you got to turn it. I climbed up there and turned the antenna to see if we could get channel two, maybe channel 10. And if we were good, we got channel 38. 20s, you have no idea what I'm talking about. You just know it from a story. But do you know the truth? See, some things can be just said to you as a story, but do you know the truth? This right here is the truth. So everything started changing in the 60s. And it started rolling itself up and making its change to postmodern. That it's okay that you can dance and do whatever you want and you can say whatever you want. Then it came on the TVs that it looks like it's okay. I remember my time... My mom would say, you ain't watching that. Click. She'd turn that TV off. I said, what was wrong with that? She said, did you see how they were dressed? This is in the 60s. They had swimming suits to here. Hello, anybody. They had short things right here. And if they didn't have a cover on, it didn't look right. And my mom wasn't going to put up with it. Well, now you got... I don't know what you got. Victoria is not secret. And in 
isn't it funny how you can get the TV on and you can just go, oh, well, that, that'll pass. That's a commercial. And, oh, it's okay that they're, you know, two men are kids. That's okay. They're, it's okay. No, it's not okay. Some kind of show came on last week. And all of a sudden, I saw in the show something come in and homosexuality. I said, boop, we'll never watch that again. Click that off. Because if I entertain anything that's not of the Spirit, how can I deliver anybody? Because I would be okay to lollyball it, lollyby my own self. You know why there's not deliverance like it should be in the church? Come on, somebody. Because you're okay with what you see. You're okay with what you do. You're okay. I remember working in the grocery store. and I had to work with men in the meat department. And I walked in and they were saying a nasty joke. And I said, I'm not going to tolerate that. I'm not going to tolerate that. So every time I would come in, they said, well, here she comes. But I took a stand to what I believe. You know, sometimes you're going to have to take a stand to what you believe. How are you going to make up your mind when the mind is trying to be lullaby to all these other things that's going on, whether it's the television, whether it's the friends you're hanging with, whatever it is. Oh, it's okay. If you're not ministering to them and God did not send you, it's not okay. Now I'm talking like my mother. But where are we standing? Now, 1960s. And then it went to the 1970s. It looks like it's okay. And now you can have these open concerts and girls are half naked and everybody's smoking pot and doing whatever they want to do. And that's okay. And now it's all exposed out and... You can be whoever you want, and you don't have to have right and wrong. Come on, somebody. 70s, and then it come in the 80s, and then it come in the 90s. Then 90s is crazy. We're in 2023. That don't even sound right. So the world has been setting its course just like that. And it's a huge idolatry. What are you worshiping? What are you birthing? Are you birthing life in God? Are you birthing death? In the study of the worldview, listen to this. The evidence in the research in 2009. Now we're talking, now we're in 2023. In 2009, only 34% of American adults believed in absolute moral truth. 34%. That's 2009. That means two-thirds of Americans doubt it exists of truth. Because everything's been lollybobbed to sleep, so then all you know is what they say. Where do we stand today? Where have our minds went? Solomon prays that the right and wrong are real. Good and evil exist. If we want God's wisdom rather than the world's wisdom, we're going to have to seek it. Solomon had to seek it. We have to ask for it. Oh, so we're up here and we're saying there's a new mind. We're singing there's a new mind. You have to seek it and you have to ask for it. Solomon sought it, and Solomon asked for it. That I would have an dis- understanding mind, that I would discern. You see, when God said, ask, what shall I give you, Solomon? Solomon said, your servant, an understanding mind. Guess what that means in Hebrew? This is powerful. In, in Hebrew, Jedediah actually said, give your servant a hearing ear. Not only an understanding mind, how you do that, but give your servant, in the Hebrew it means, give your servant a a hearing ear. How many of you can hear what God's trying to say? 
Are you leaning in enough? That's, that's what that means in Hebrew. Give your servant a hearing ear. How are you going to hear if you're not laying on the breast? No wonder John laid on the breast of God and he saw all the things. He, he was the beloved of God. Solomon prayed for the ability to listen and listen deeply so he could get wisdom and learn from others. I want you to come, Brandon. Jen. Solomon gave priority to God's wisdom. Listen. He gave priority to God's wisdom over the wisdom of the world, over the modern, postmodern where we stand. I know Solomon had it differently, and now we have it differently, and things are changing quickly. It's not easy to go work and, and be with people that are acting like heathens, and you stand in the light and stand what you need to stand for. He was wiser than any of, it says if you get anything, get wisdom. If you ask for anything, he goes, you know what? And I love what God said. He goes, you didn't ask for gold. You didn't ask for anything else. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm not only going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you gold. And I'm going to give you all these things to set up this kingdom. Because he didn't ask for, you know. There's times that we could say, God, man, I'm strapped. I mean, I'm strapped. I don't know how I'm going to get from point A to point B. I I don't know how I'm going to get that house. I don't know how I'm going to get that apartment. I mean, I'm strapped, God. I don't know how I'm going to do that. How am I going to try to financially do that when, you know, I've lost my job? And how am I going to? And he said, he didn't ask for that. He said, if you can give me an understanding heart that I can discern good from evil, and right from wrong. And then David, or then God said, you know what? Because you just asked that, I'm going to give you everything else. Because you know what? If you have wisdom, then you would know how to take care of your finances. Hello, somebody. We must know good from evil. In between right and wrong, good and evil, black and white, hot and cold. But where do you stand today? Where do you stand today? Is what you're birthing dead or alive? Is it time to birth it yet? Just stand with me. We need to get back to prayer. We need to get back to the power of the Holy Spirit. Once we were taught to pray, and now we're taught to think positive. Once we had a supernatural empowerment, now we have a superficial encouragement. Come on, somebody. Once we had power, now we have programs. Once we had miracles, now we have methods. Once we had the spirit, now we have a style. The world is beginning to influence the church. You better hear me. You better hear me. They're trying to accomplish in the flesh what once was accomplished in the spirit. You can't accomplish something in the flesh what you once accomplished in the spirit. born in the spirit stays in the spirit and I'll go back to Romans Romans said what you what you birth in the spirit is spirit but what you birth in the flesh is flesh are you an eagle or are you a vulture are you standing for what this is saying are you standing for the modern post world that is trying to accomplish its throne? There's two thrones. Come on. There's the throne of God, and then there's a demonic throne. There's spirit, and there's flesh. The world is setting its course. 
We know, and you know what? Sometimes we'll say, well, that's just the end time. That's, we're just headed there. It's okay. What are you going to do about it? Is there people that need Jesus Christ? Why don't you close your eyes? Where do you stand? Be honest. Do you stand for what God wants you to do? Do you stand? Do you stand in some things that you know you're not supposed to be looking at? You know that you're not supposed to be listening to. And you know because it's going to feed it. It will feed your flesh. It's vultures. They wait to do it. They wait for death so they can eat. If you're struggling, be honest. If you're struggling with some things that's, that's really been bothering you and you feel like you can't get to that next place from then to there, do you raise your hand? being honest see God God wants we're in the in between and he he wants you to release all them things that that have held you you know and you know what's interesting and I know the hands that went up and I know every one of you with your hands no I know you personally I know you I love you so I love you I love you so but you keep going back to that place where death is, you just keep going back to that place. Why don't you raise your, just put your hands, just flip your hands up, just put your yeah, flip your, both your hands, put your hands out of your pocket. Love you that much. Lord, I just pray right now, God, that if we'll ask for anything, we ask for wisdom, God. I pray, God, that you will interrupt our dreams. (laughs) I pray there's an interruption, God, over our dreams, God, over our lives, God. I pray, God, that you see see the ones, God, that are struggling with some things in their mind, God. And I pray, God, that you would give them a hunger for your word. I pray, God, that there will be a transformation, God. Forgive us, God, as a church. Forgive us, God, as a church for allowing anything to filter in here from the world, God. Forgive us as a people, Lord God, to think it's okay to listen to that or watch that or take a sip of that or smoke that. or God, forgive us, God. And I pray, God, that you would give strength, God, to each and every one of us, God. And no matter the age that we are, that I ask God that we would shift in our minds, God. That you would interrupt our dreams, God. And what's so awesome, God, you asked Solomon, what would you like? You didn't even interrupt him to say, this is what I want to give you. You asked him and you waited for his answer, God. And I think God said he is waiting for your answer. He's asking you, what would you like? And he's waiting on your answer. He wants you to communicate with him. He wants you to talk to him. He wants intimacy. He wants you to have a listening ear, to have your ear to his breast. And I pray that you find yourself in that. You find yourself in that.